your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now then, 17 former female government ministers in France have certainly stirred up the political circle in recent weeks by writing an op-ed in a newsweekly, the Journal de Dimanche, vowing all sexist remarks, inappropriate gestures and behaviour will no longer be silenced. Among them are some very familiar names, the International Monetary Fund chief Christine Lagarde, for example, and also Fleur Pellerin former Minister for Culture and Communication, also well-known here for being France's first South Korea-born minister. And we're very pleased to welcome her on the line now. Good morning to you from Seoul. Hello, good morning. Thank you very much for taking the time. As I suggested, this joint statement has grabbed a lot of media attention. Can you tell us the, the ramifications of it a few weeks on now? Yes, absolutely. Uh, our intent was to keep pressure on uh, opinion leaders and the public opinion so that uh, recent developments uh, which drew attention to on the issue in France would not be left without consequences. So I, I don't know if you were aware of what happened in France, but the vice president of National Assembly uh, is being sued for sexual harassment and yet resigned from, from his position. So the ramification was to push public figures to take position on the issue. Uh, for example, the minister in charge of gender uh, equality suggested that the law uh, should be changed so that victims have more time to press charges. Today, the limitation period is three years. And also maybe direct, indirect ramification is that uh, this public position taken by former ministers might probably disinhibit uh, victims who kept silent until now because they realize that they will find support uh, should they decide to speak up. Mm. What kind of measures... Are you demanding for individuals who sexually harass women? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, the most important thing is for victims not to feel lonely or isolated in their own cases. So many victims today feel too guilty or terrified to press charges because they fear that doing so might prejudice their career. And we, as former ministers, are not in such a position so we can speak out loud without fearing potential consequences on our uh, own future. So what I would do is encourage victims to systematically press charges so that we can change this sort of male-dominant culture. And I also agree with the idea to extend the limitation period uh, and to change the, the law or the regulations. And I think also sanctions should be exemplary for those who are found guilty after legal procedures. And probably something like a sort of immediate impeachment procedure uh, could be uh, enforced. Mm. Now, can you tell us a bit more about your own story? Because personal accounts were included in this document and it will obviously help us better understand where you're coming from. Well, I personally haven't experienced uh, sexual harassment, but however, as a minister, I did move in a male-dominant environment, and it's, it's very difficult to characterize it or to give precise examples. But certainly, as a woman, you feel that you are considered differently at the National Assembly, for instance. Mm. And uh, it's a question of attitude towards you. Like, for instance, in debates or in, uh, in hearings, uh, questions will be more detailed and more technical uh, for female ministers than for male ministers, as if we always had to prove and demonstrate our capacities and abilities. And also, um, 
maybe one anecdote, some uh, male colleagues sometimes feel uh, authorized to act towards you with a sort of physical intimacy that you're not especially asking for, like this colleague of mine who kept greeting me by massaging my, sh my shoulders in a mm. manner that was half friendly but half flirtatious mm. and not really enough to press charges or to react abruptly, but anyway, unpleasant. <laughs> well, I dare say there are parts of the world where you probably could press charges for that. Indeed, probably women have. But I, I also read an account about you, uh, Ms. Pellerin, that suggested a, a journalist immediately asked you after you uh, rose to your position as minister whether this was because you were a woman and, and that you hadn't really faced those sorts of issues before coming to that position. Well, that's true. It, it was at the beginning, maybe in, in, uh, in 2012, and he had this comment saying, uh, do you think you're a minister because you're good-looking and you're a, a woman? Uh, so it was not really appropriate. No. So that kind of uh, comments are quite, uh, uh, come quite often, especially when you're a woman, when you're young, when you're, you have a, a diversity, what we call a diversity background. But, you know, it's not, it's not that frequent. I would say. No, but that came from a journalist, which seems significant because you've taken to the media to draw awareness now. It surely is very important to have journalists yeah, with open ears. And, 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 absolutely, but the funny thing is I think the, the journalist in question had no bad intention, and I think he was, he was thinking that he was making a flattering comment to mm. me. So I think he, you know, it's very representative and very telling about this kind of male-dominant uh, uh, atmosphere that uh, exists in, in France, as in many other countries, I guess. And uh, uh, it's very difficult for, for journalists, for uh, also politicians to get rid of sort of, um, uh, well, male-dominant culture uh, mm. behaviors. Yeah, well, certainly I'd feel very uncomfortable asking you that question, but Thank you for, uh, I'm sure, thank you on his behalf for that defence of, uh, of the culture. <laughs> but as I said, it's a culture that you are seeking to change. Uh, France has a, a worldwide reputation as, as obviously having the city of romance in Paris, but uh, being very open with certain emotional expressions. But does France have a particular problem with sexism or is this a message for the, the whole globe? No, I think we've made a lot of progress, actually, because um, over the past uh, maybe five to ten years, there, has been, uh, there have been changes in regulations, for instance. There have been uh, also changes in institutions. Like, for instance, I, be, I used to belong to governments. The three uh, successive governments I belonged to were uh, really 50% uh, female, 50% male. So it's uh, definitely something that is, you know, people are getting very much used to actually so that's a yeah. real progress i think because it didn't uh, it was not uh, really uh, obvious uh, a few years ago and also in uh, regulation some interesting developments have be, have taken place over the past years like for instance this regulation that is being enforced uh, uh, next january um saying that uh, 50% of board members of big companies big corporations in france uh, should be female and uh, so even in the private sector a lot of progress has been made yes. so i think uh, you know because it's becoming a, a, an issue in the public debate and because it has been an issue in the public debate for the past uh, uh, five to ten years i think real progress and real impact uh, can be uh, observed in france what would have happened if you'd stood up while 
holding that position as Minister for Culture and, and, and said these things, would it have been a, a political disaster at the time? And, and what would your advice to be to uh, female politicians around the world, or, or indeed female executives or people in any sort of positions, when they actually face that while in that current job? Well, the, the, the truth is, I, I think politicians uh, have a real responsibility because they have, um, they have access to media, they can speak out loud, even if it's, they're not really uh, personally concerned. They have a responsibility towards all the women, potential victims, who cannot really speak up because, as I said before, they might be afraid to, to, to jeopardize their promotion or career. So uh, I think we we have a responsibility. We women have a, a responsibility. We have access to the media. We have a responsibility to speak for all those who are kept silent. Mm. Uh, so that's my opinion. Of Do course, as a member of a party, it's very difficult because sometimes uh, you can feel that um, maybe a, a scandal like that would damage the reputation of your party and probably that's something that you need to take into uh, account like for instance uh, this uh, person i was mentioning who is the alleged uh, um, uh, who is presumably a uh, uh, harasser uh, there was a um, i think a, a big difficulty for the women who are who are now pressing charges because they belong to the same party and they were aware that if they press charges it would really damage the image of the party. So when you belong to a, a political party, you might you know, balance this with your personal interest in, in uh, uh, suing. So that's a, real, uh, that's a real thing. So maybe it's easier for former ministers uh, to speak and to, uh, mm. to, to write uh, articles in, in the press. But it's true that uh, from a pragmatic point of view, it can be very difficult for politicians to, uh, to, to speak because they... Yeah, they feel responsible also for the image of their party. Well, still, coming forward the way you have uh, with your fellow op-ed writers, I'm, I'm sure it will have had an inspiring effect. I know it's drawn media attention from across the world, and here in Korea particularly we've had in recent weeks a growing focus on the protection of women's rights, on the protection of women generally, for different reasons, but still perhaps this will encourage more women to come forward and, and speak. Flo Pelleran, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Well, there we had Flo Pelleran, former Minister for Culture and Communication in France. You can have your say right now. Email efmthismorning at gmail.com.